Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Super Media Bros podcast is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Super Media Bros. matches including zero hour arguably and also in your opinion which i heavily agree with aew's wrestlemania for me anyway like i will admit when it comes to like this show i'm a mark like i i I admit it welcome to episode 282 of the super media bros podcast i'm richie i'm Devin. we're here to talk about aew and new japan pro wrestling forbidden door 2023 if WWE has WrestleMania and it's pretty much the Super Bowl of WWE, I would argue, like I would argue against like anybody saying differently. Like this is the WrestleMania for AEW in uh, a lot of ways, even though I feel like the company itself would say that that's double or nothing or all out. I would say probably all out, uh, both that and double or nothing always has the better booking. It's more story based. Whereas this is just dream matches for the sake of dream matches. But fuck it. I was a dreamer as a kid. Like I, I, I eat this shit up. Right. And it's pretty much if you just did smash bros, but wrestling, that's how I look at it. Yeah. And you can nitpick it all you want, you know, and I completely understand it. I mean, we as wrestling fans are probably the most cynical fucking people and most nitpicky, but I enjoy both companies so much so to see them cross over i'm gonna have a good time like i don't care this was nothing but a good time in my opinion dude and and even you know i said this before we went on air i didn't really want to talk too much about zero hour because you know comparatively to the main card it didn't feel like anything to write home about but i guess it is worth it to cover like just you know not in depth but to talk about the fact first of all that adam cole was sick and could not compete on this pay-per-view like legitimately and it was supposed to be him and Tom Lawler and Tom Lawler kind of got fucked. Like they relegated him to a dark match against Serpentico in four minutes and 10 seconds. Didn't even air. Have they mentioned anything about what Adam had? Cause now Brit's gone. I would assume it's COVID. That's still around really. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, it's around. It's okay. just, you know, I just haven't heard the name in months. They're probably trying to not even mention it anymore, honestly, but like it, he got sick. And that match got dropped completely off the card. But we kick off zero hour with Mogul Embassy versus Chaos. Now, I just kind of feel like, okay, it's Swerve. What are you guys doing with Swerve Strickland? What the fuck is going on? Like, Brian Cage just kind of like, you know, like, you know what? <laughs> Throw him with Swerve. Make him, make him his heavy and make him in, like, this fucking whole group. This group does nothing for me. I'm sorry. And it's sad because, like, I love the merch for them. Uh, don't ask me why I just look at him like that looks sick, but I I think because I'm gauging it off of the idea of like, okay, let's look at the bullet club shirts, for example, or the Austin 316 or even Hulkamania, you know, given those time periods and whatnot, an average non-wrestling fan could look at those shirts and be like, oh, that looks like a cool shirt. But I kind of look at that as Swerve's little thing going on. Sure. Their merch looks like something that. Honestly, any one of my friends would buy just because they thought it looked cool. He kind of has like he's going for that uh, designer kind of thing. Exactly. Like genuinely, it looks like something you would wear to like an actual club. I can see that. Maybe I'm showing my age there because that's when my generation would totally roll up in. That <laughs> roll up and Swerve Strickland's merch into a yeah, club. Yeah, like, like roll <laughs> up funny. with that on a hoodie and like some fucking designer jeans. I could totally see any one of my buddies doing it. Oh, God, that's fucking great. But either way, Swerve himself is absurdly talented. Uh, Brian Cage, uh, he's talented, but 
my brother in Christ, you, you've been around the block for 20 fucking years, it seems like. <laughs> you still haven't, you know, I, I think... <sighs> I think that experiment is done. He had a nice run in the beginning stages of AEW, but got outshined really quickly. Yeah, I think they uh, they kind of found out what he was made of after that. You know, uh, on the other end, they they beat Chaos. By the way, well, now the, here's the thing: I understand that Chaos is a New Japan stable, and that Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta are absolutely a part of that because Trent Beretta's connection with Rocky Romero being Rapungi Vice. Correct, but dude. The best friends seem like they're in 50 fucking stables because they come out in separate teams and droves. And it's like, are you chaos? Are you Rapungi Vice? Are you best friends? What if Rapungi Vice and best friends team up? Are you chaos now? Okay, you're chaos. But like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, okay. 12 minutes, 30 seconds. Uh, Mogul Embassy picks up the win. It was a pretty good match. And we'll move on to Athena versus Billy Starks in the first round of the Women's Owen Heart Cup. Congratulations to Billy Starks for graduating high school. A kid is only 18. Dude, and she's good already. Like, I she's know. getting there. Like, uh, she is appearing in both AEW and Ring of Honor promotion, which obviously, like, when you're with one of the companies, you're going to cross over. Right, right. Good for her, by the way. Absolutely. And being in the ring with Athena is is no small feat because let's not, you know, discredit Athena for being, she's the fucking Ring of Honor women's champion right now. On like, what, 48 win streak or something like that? Some of them aren't even counting right now for whatever fucking reason. I think oh, they're only fuck. counting the wins on that streak in Ring of Honor. Oh. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. Okay. But I figured Athena was going to advance in this one. It, it's it's sad because like these matches, I kind of like knew who was going to win going in, just looking at it. The next match, I didn't even know was happening. Uh, El Fantasmo and Stu Grayson. And this is the reason I was like, what the fuck? Because when they, Stu Grayson came out, I was like, who the fuck is he? Who is he with? Who the fuck is he with? I don't even, I couldn't tell you who he's with. I just know that I missed where he turned his back on Dark Order. Yeah. Did that happen on Dark? Or Dark does not exist no, anymore. No, I know that. That's the but... point. Dark doesn't exist anymore. So where the fuck is this story taking place? Are they just be like, you know, people may still watch the YouTube channel if we put exclusive content up. Probably, because I'll be honest with you, I'm a diehard, but I don't watch Rampage anymore. Dude, and the only reason I don't watch Rampage is because it's taped. It's, I, I don't care if it's taped. I care that it's nothing but, it's filler to filler. That's the point. But Rampage even more so now is going to become the developmental show. Yeah, which they do need. So I'm more than okay with that. It's just like if any storyline develops on Rampage, I'm I ain't seen it. Yeah, like which they advertise it, they treat it as a show, so that is on us, but also it's like <laughs> Make it more compelling. It, not just that, but Rampage gets moved around time slot wise so much I can't keep up with it. Yeah, and it's a shame because look at the original episode, how full of AEW history it was, or CM Punk's return, Yuta joining the BCC, like Cody and Sammy on Christmas Day. You know, like there's quite a bit of history in that program, but I, I don't know. I, yep. They dropped the ball. Yep. Uh, El Fantasma picked up the victory in seven minutes and 15 seconds. Moving on to uh, Shingo Takagi, Bushi, and uh, Takahashi versus United Empire. Fucking United Empire lost this match. Yeah. I mean, Osprey won later, so. Yeah, I guess that picks up. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that match. So now we open the actual pay-per-view right out of the gate. I got to talk about something that happens after this match on social media, which fucking made me cackle. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> JF versus Tanahashi, dude. <laughs> he, it was a good match, but like, that's not even the point. 50 minutes and 30 seconds. He obviously retains this motherfucker. He preloaded a tweet that mm. came out when the match was still happening. And he was just like, preloaded this tweet because I've already beaten this asshole by now. And the match is still yeah. happening. And yeah. Then, and then he fucking videos himself leaving the arena. He's like, yep, beat your boy. No surprise there. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, I got to find it. Hold on. I got to find this audio. It's so fucking great. 
And just like that, I'm out of here. Beat your boy, the legend Tanahashi. Real shocked. On my way to my flight. Deuces. It's the way he says it, man. Dude, he just... Deuces. Dude, I fucking love him. Really good match. Mostly thanks to Max. And this is no slight. Tanahashi is... He really, truly is a legend. Uh, He had been their John Cena for the longest fucking time, you know? Unfortunately, now he's moving like Hulk Hogan because he... Look at all the years he's put in. Look at the style of wrestling that he chose. Like, fuck, man. I mean, it's hard to watch personally, but... I mean, you you can't can't do that forever. Yeah. Rey Mysterio is an enigma, but he's also like 18,000 knee surgeries in. He's practically brand new. So MJF retains, and then we move on to CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima in the men's Owen Hart Cup first round match. This was solid as fuck. Loved it. I did too. And it was not match of the night by any means. Like no. That obviously goes elsewhere. But I love the fact that Punk is the type of guy that will not lean into what he is supposed to be. He's booked as a babyface. He still acted like a babyface after the match to Kojima, but was absolutely like soft healing it up in the ring at times, and I adored it. I fucking loved it because he was getting booed out of the goddamn building. His heel work never felt like heel work. It felt like, no, I'm just a troll. I'm a dick. Punk is good at being a dastardly heel and he's also really good at being a cowardly shit heel when the time mm-hmm. calls for it. look at his feud with big show when he was in the straight edge yeah. society yeah and you know what i love the most about punk mm. and i i don't know if i can explain this properly because it's just how my brain works that man built different in a way psychology wise he's built he different really is, yeah because i love the fact that when you get phil brooks Going off script, you're just like, fuck. He's going to like set the entire room on fire just speaking. Get him like in character in the ring, you know, in a situation. I love the way he plays to the crowd. He does like, mm-hmm. he over exaggerates his go to sleep like taunt, like when he's like fucking putting his hands to his face. Like he's very, he's very animated. Yeah. And I know a lot of the guys are very animated, but there's something different about his character work and when he's, in that zone, he he feels like a very vintage, like, 80s pro wrestler. Well, that's what I was about to bring up is you look at the mannerisms of a lot of guys today, and they don't understand, in my opinion, why people like Hogan or Warrior or Savage, like, why all of them were so animated. They weren't doing it to portray like a live action cartoon character. That helped, sure, but a lot of what they were doing, like whenever Hogan would point so aggressively at his opponents, he was doing that so that people even in the nosebleeds can visually make out what you're doing. Thank you. And I know exactly that's what Punk does. Yeah. He's and it's not even for Hogan's sake. He's him and FTR and a lot of other fucking people yeah. in wrestling are are fucking heart guys. Mm-hmm. Not not coming from the dungeon, but they they based a lot of what they do on what Brett and Owen fucking did. Exactly. Yeah, and and it shows. Uh, I fucking died laughing whenever he was doing the peck thing because it's not just the fact that Punk was doing like the peck pump. But it's the fact that he was standing so stiffly, I fucking died. And then he just slowly circled around to show everybody in the crowd. It's the way he was standing. I was like, why my man built like that? Because he's funny as shit, though, when he's doing it. But I was laughing my ass off when he was just doing the callback to that goddamn shoot interview yes, with, with, with Joe. Joe. <laughs> Larry, 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 Kojima. <laughs> what a dick but i love that he fucking does that shit yeah because it's one of those things where it's like i i don't know why but you you know what i'm talking about because we both have that weird sense of humor where it's like we remember the dumbest, dumbest. shit yeah and it's like nobody else knows what you're talking about why do you remember this and why is it so funny to you because it just fucking is yeah and so whenever he did that i was like holy shit <laughs> fuck 
Dude, I because there's some moments where like I'll I'll think of like Iron Man two, okay, and they're just everybody will be, bring up like, oh yeah, you know, Rhodey getting uh the new casting or the introduction to the War Machine or whatever the fuck, and I'm just like, I want my bird. <laughs> fuck yeah, that, that's, that's my, my favorite shit from Iron Man two. Yeah, that, that's my takeaway of the movie. I want my bird. I want my bird. CM Punk wins and advances to the quarterfinal match. The four-way for the AEW International Championship. Now, I was kind of hoping for a title change here, but if you're going to keep it on anybody, Cassidy's your guy. He is having a hell of a run with this championship, dude. He's phenomenal. I didn't expect this lengthy run with him. I'm glad we're getting it. Me too. Uh, And I'm glad that it is being put on the show. What Pac did was... Amazing. I, I loved that. I loved that it was a traveling title. I loved that they showed highlights of it every week at whatever company he was at. But I love having an at-home champion. This is the workhorse belt. I was about to say it. To me, this is taking the place of the TNT title. Sorry, but I don't care about that thing anymore. I don't either. Uh, but this was phenomenal. Great job to OC. Bit of a uh, prediction. Yeah. Um, I love that. Saber Jr. and uh, Shibata had a great fucking showing with Garcia in this. Yeah. That those four guys, I would watch them all fucking day long. But hear me out on my prediction, okay? I think they're saving it for your boy Takashita at Wembley. Oh, that would be fucking sweet. That that, that man needs a fucking strap. <laughs> yeah, he looks like. A Fucking 1980s, like, gang lord. Like, with the leather trench coat jacket thing with the collar. At first, I was like, I don't know how he's going to fit, blah, blah, blah. And ring-wise, yeah, but I don't know how he's going to look with the rest of the gang. I love that you call him Takashita. That's so fucking funny to me. It's Ralph Ralph all over again. Yeah, yeah, Takashita. Konosuke Takeshita. Takashita. I know. <laughs> I got to Americanize it a little bit for yeah. all the redheads. Anyway. I love that he's just kind of like hanging with the Blackpool Combat Club, but he's not in the Blackpool Combat Club. He's just kind of there. <laughs> you know what, though? As and Even though I think he's supremely talented, and I'm sure backstage there's a lot of chemistry, to me it's Yuta that kind of sticks out more than Kenoshte just because like you just don't look like you fit the bill the same way even though in ring wise he absolutely does and in the storyline Brian always calling him a little shit and all that stuff it works god I hate saying this but it feels like he's only still there because that team has to have the fall guy to look beatable yeah, they they have to relegate him to the guy that takes the pinfalls, which he took the pinfall loss. Yeah, and which we'll get, yeah, as I said, we'll get to it in a second. But like Orange Cassidy retains in eleven minutes and fifteen seconds. Great match! <clears throat> oh fuck yeah, it was a great match. And this next match coming up, you definitely called what was happening, but I honestly wasn't expecting it here. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was kind of expecting the opposite to happen here. This is uh, Sonata versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Contested with New Japan rules. And it was a 10-minute and a 45-second match. Solid. Yeah. The story isn't that Sonata retained, which we knew was going to happen. But the story here is that Jack Perry, in his loss, gets pissed off and turns on hook at the entrance ramp going back and it's like bro you really want to be fucking with hook first of all secondly (laughs) secondly the way he picked up that fucking ftw belt like he just lost the iwgp heavyweight championship opportunity but he's like i guess i'm good enough to win this now yeah the the title that at the very next program he buried as being a non-recognized title so i i need to say this Mm -hmm. you said this last week Mm -hmm. jack perry comes out on dynamite after this loss and cuts the most cringy fucking promo i have ever heard in this company 
the dude legitimately made a fucking Canadian wildfire joke as a diss to the crowd to no response. Dude, when you're a heel, you're supposed to do that shit. I'm not saying like, ooh, he crossed the line. He's, he's a heel. He's supposed to do this shit. Right. But when you get no heat, when you get nothing, bro, the dude was falling back on that and fucking Anna Jay. Like, he literally was like, I'm banging the hottest bitch in this company. No lies detected. No, but, bro, you see how well that's working out for Sammy right now? You may not want to fucking do that. To me, I, I just feel like his... He's it, about to get go away heat, dude, and it's not yeah, good. It's not good, because the only not. reaction that happened was when Hook came out. And Hook right. is way more over than he is, and Hook doesn't have to say fuck all. The thing is, is like, for one, you're you're one of the pillars. You need to step it up, but also... As bad as it was, he did seem more comfortable, but also he seemed more lost in terms of like, he was more lost as a babyface because he, he didn't know what to do to get over. But who is Jack Perry? Exactly. Who the fuck is he? That's what I want to know. Right. Because you spent the last three years jumping around in a loincloth and everything, and now you're basically trying to be Hollywood rock, which great. You know, that you can, I, I have no doubt that somewhere he can tap into that. Right. Another thing I want to point out, I feel like Heel Jurassic Express is on the horizon. Probably. Because, first of all, the motherfucker dressed like Christian dresses. Mm. Same jacket, same everything. The dude wore red and black gear on the pay-per-view. Luchasaurus had the exact same color scheme going for him when he won the TNT right. belt. Don't call it Jurassic Express. No, 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 no. I feel like, though, what my point was, was like, he felt more lost as a babyface, but he at least understood the psychology behind it. Whereas here, as a heel, at one point, one of two things happened. My mans either did not know where he was, and whenever he said Toronto, he actually thought that he was in Toronto. Or, and this is what I actually believe it was, he did that as a, as a diss to the city that they were in. But whenever the crowd did start booing him, he was expressionless. Just kept the same, like, monotone face. In that time, if MJF did the same thing, he would start smacking his gum. He would do a shit-eating grin. He would kind of do, like, a cup to the ear. He would, you know, something to be like, you know, egging it on. Mm -hmm. Jack comes off like he doesn't know what he said. He did Jack's shit is what he did. Yeah, and, and like I said, I'd like... The, the dude has to rent a car. He knows what city he's in. So, I, I don't think that's the case. I think, like, I, I just don't think he knows what to do. Yeah. Maybe he'll find his footing. I'm not trying to yeah. shit on him like, fuck no, Jack Perry. This is no. me being like, dude... There's something there. Please find it. Right. And that's why I brought up like what MJF would do in this scenario. It's not to say MJF is just better than you and you know it. And, and that's, that's all there is to it. No, no, no. It's just look, look at what he would do and try and mold that into your character. Yep. If it fits. Yep. Which Hollywood Jack Perry versus suave MJF. There, there are some similarities there. You can cherry pick different mannerisms and concepts. Yep. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the last half of the card. You're listening to the Super Media Bros on the Odd Pods Media Network. Don't go anywhere. I got to piss like a fucking race. I said don't go anywhere. I work for a goddamn union job. You're not going to tell me when I can't piss. Uh, he's right. This is an... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chamba life is for everybody. So go to ChambaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amazon. Hey, you there. We've got a question for you. Are you tired of clickbait stories and the loudest voices driving discussions in culture and entertainment? If so, I'm Dylan. I'm Kendall. And I'm Corey. And we host the podcast From the Middle. We're middle-class guys living in the middle of America, in the middle chapters of our lives with points of view somewhere in the middle. We take a more reasonable and centrist approach in our discussions covering genres like comedy, culture, entertainment, and interviews with really interesting folks like business owners, comic creators, doctors, news anchors, New York Times best-selling illustrators, professional stand-up comics, and more. We really value a relaxed and conversational podcast, one that we hope is so fun and laid back, you'll forget you're not actually hanging out with us. So search at From the Mid Pod, just like it sounds, or check us out everywhere you can find podcasts. Let's get into the back half of this pay-per-view. So the 10-man tag team match between the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. 21 minutes, 25 seconds, where the Elite goes over. I was not expecting them to go over. I was really hoping that BCC would get the win and then still keep... Because following up on Dynamite, kicking the shit out of them and challenging them to blood and guts, which I knew that's what it was leading to. Mm -hmm. An interesting story with uh, Adam Page and uh, the Dark Order, though. I'm kind of like, bro, the Dark Order becoming a fucking trio after having 12 members at one point is, wow. Um, Kind of. uh, And and it all kind of happened under our noses, so I'm just kind of like... Mm. A fire ass match. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Um, yes. Um, which I love that it was. Uh, it was Eddie and Tomohiro Ishii that wrestled alongside the elite. Make up me against, happy. Make me smile. Right. And then Shoto Umino and uh, Takeshita. Shooter. Shooter McGavin. All right. Fuck yeah. So <laughs> the high spots in this match were really good. And, you know, it was nice to not have a fucking like arena brawl for once this is a yeah. match that moxley didn't bleed in for once which was insane to me but yeah he yeah. fucking bled on dynamite so yeah which by the way that was a blast to watch i loved that match Fuck yeah um so, the, the story here is obviously eddie kingston is that him and moxley are kind of having a thing because kingston is pissed that a close friend of his is, is lining himself with Claudio Castanoli, who he infamously cannot stand going all the way back to ring of honor days. I just love Eddie Kingston. I love everything that he touches. Dude. I'm going to tell you this right now. And I fucking mean it wholeheartedly. This is the guy mm-hmm. and they're not doing dick all with him. And it pisses me off. That man elicits a very passionate response from the fans every time they shows up and it doesn't matter what he does. The people love him. And Tony's not doing shit with him. I don't know why. You know what? It, I do know why. Or I don't know, but I think it's his own anxiety and personal demons. I think Tony has probably come up to him and said, hey, do you want to do this? Not now. I'm not, I'm not in a good state right now, but ask me again in six months. Right. I don't know that for a fact, but Eddie definitely gives me that vibe that he does want it and he's determined for it. But. Every time he gets that proposition, they need to put the Ring of Honor title on him. Yeah, I would love that. He needs to be the one that takes it off of Claudio. I would love that so much. Fucking same. He needs to be. That, that, is, a, that is what I call long-term storytelling there. But the story here is that the elite have gone over. Then they got their asses handed to them on Dynamite. And now the next step is blood and guts. So moving on to the AEW Women's World Championship match with Tony Storm and Willow Nightingale. 
fucking solid match, dude. It really was, yeah. Willow is the girl you need to be pushing right now. Uh, she she gets a massive pop every time. She ha- does great work. She's got she's got the it factor. Yeah, bro. She really does because you look at her and it's like, okay, I, I get it here. This is what WWE wanted. Um, what was her name? Um, Rock's cousin. You mean my hole? Yeah, 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 yeah. My hole. Who, yeah, who, Ni- Nia Jax. Nia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Willow is what WWE wanted Nia to be. The only thing I will ever remember her for is my hole. Yeah. That is it. I swear and, on everything. And Randy Orton fucking folding her stupid ass in the Royal Rumble. And her injuring everybody she got yeah. involved with. Yeah. Tony Storm whooped that ass with her ass. Mm. Dump truck. Uh, to win in 10 minutes and 30 seconds. And I'm just going to say it right here. Moving on to the match of the fucking night. No questions asked. I don't give a fuck. I could have watched this match only and gotten my money's worth. Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. 39 minutes, 45 seconds. Holy fucking shit. Uh, match of the year? Contender? I think so. Match of the year, as far as AEW's shit goes, this and the Iron Man match with MJF and Danielson, dude, like these two matches were fucking fantastic. It's the same calendar year. Dude, I don't know. Like, what is going to be match of the year? Fuck. This this one has got to be for a multitude of reasons, bro. Okay. Look, Osprey going over was the right call here. Yes. Yes. The physicality of this match was unparalleled on the rest of this card i got to say something here everybody on the internet was in an uproar over that fucking tiger driver 91 okay i will tell you this right now that is exactly how that move is supposed to be taken it is fucking dangerous for a reason i trust as much as um shit could go wrong if anybody's gonna pull this move off these two can do it and make it look devastating yeah like that Yes, there, uh, there have been broken necks from this move. From the camera angle, it looks like he lands on his neck. Omega took that shit on his right shoulder. Mm-hmm. No, and we were all watching it on live, you know. I cringed when it happened. We all did. We were like, it felt like the whole room just froze and time just stopped. But then, like, Osprey kept hitting him. And we were like, no, no, no. I don't know. Let him cook mm-hmm. because if they thought for sure Kenny was fucked, this shit would have been stopped. Yep. Or at the very least, cameras would have been on anything else. Yeah, dude. The physicality in this match is what puts this over for me. And you know what? The fact that we did all cringe and or believe that it was real. That's a good thing. Yeah. You, you, you want that. Yeah. Um, I really was like, fuck, whenever uh, Kenny was taking the headers into the table yes. and shit. Yes. Because he did that stiff. to Osprey. He did it to Osprey in, in fucking New Japan mm-hmm. through a wood table. So he got it kind of easy, comparatively speaking. But speaking of all of this, though, Kenny coming out to his devil's cry. Fuck, yeah. Dude. Yeah. I was dude. excited about that. Anytime he wrestles with that belt, even in America, like he comes out to that theme. So I was excited. It just for makes that. me so happy. Yeah. Me too, man. And Will Ospreay, and, and they and they said it best on commentary. Uh, Will Ospreay was pretty much there to fill the shoes of Omega when he fucking left New Japan. Mm. And dare I say, he's doing a fantastic job. Ospreay is fucking amazing. I, I love the dude's work. He's hella over as a talent to me. Yeah. My man's is 30 years old. I, w- I want you to think about this, okay? Because I read this earlier today. He is 30 years old. He has more five-plus star matches in history. This was a six-star match. Yeah. And I know it's the cool thing to, like, shit on Dave Meltzer's thing. And we, we give Meltzer some shit, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not backpedaling on that, but it's just kind of like, whether you want to go by the star rating or not, it's like my man's is consistently putting out like classic match after classic match. Like he is in that list as far as I'm concerned of best in the world right now. Where do you think he'll be whenever he's retired? Oh my God. 
are, are are we talking in terms of technical? I'm not talking like superstardom, like anything like that. But are we talking Rushmore? Osprey is 100% a modern day Rushmore person for me. Okay. Okay, I, I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going crazy. And here. this isn't just me like sitting here being like, it's only AEW guys or it's only NJPW no. guys. But I swear on everything right now, for like three of my guys, Osprey, Omega, and Danielson are up there. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Like, there, there is a fourth fucking spot, and that, that alternates all the time. It does. And I'll tell you, the, the three that I just mentioned, Good luck solidifying that fourth spot with these three because these motherfuckers are just... You cannot fuck with them. You cannot fuck with their, their shit in the ring. Like, Omega... Omega is just a literal fucking machine. That is not even just a goddamn catchphrase for his, his mm-hmm. ring name. He, he literally lives up to the best bout machine tagline. Yeah. I marked the fuck out when he did the kick out at one on his own finishing move. When that he took shit. it. shit fucking got me exploding i leapt off on my couch at the rubber match do you think osprey fucking kicks out he deserves to i think so too um for those of you listening that don't know that are just kind of getting into this being like oh, what is this kenny omega's finishing move the one wing and angel has never been a move that anybody has kicked out of in the entire time that he's used it except for a but even then like from what I'm understanding, that match is not canon. No. I don't know how a pro wrestling match that has been filmed isn't canon. I don't I don't understand it, but layman's terms here, it's not canon. That's an Elseworld story. Don't 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 think into it. Yep. What a fucking match. I, oh. I, yeah. <laughs> I could I could do this entire episode on this match, but we would literally be here longer than this episode's gonna run. Mm-hmm. Will Ospreay captures the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship in 39 minutes and 45 seconds once again. Goddamn. Wonderful. Moving on to the final two matches. Uh, the six-man tag team match, which I feel like the fact that this match went on second to last, and I'm not saying none of the matches here were bad. None of them were bad no. at all. I understand why they staggered the matches the way they did it. Mm-hmm. This was the match. If you're going to have a match like to buffer between your two co-main events the this is the one unfortunately yeah because normally this would be labeled the piss break match however tetsuya naito teaming with darby and sting going against fucking jericho Guevara and minoru suzuki come on now uh the sting and jericho drama has done it enough uh the fact that they have never wrestled each other like one-on-one in the fucking 30 so years that weird dude like why like how Nobody ever thought to pair them up like you're 11 years older than me. So you've been on like the dirt sheets 11 years longer than I have. Was there ever a program that you can recall that was set in motion, but somebody got injured or anything? Nope. And I believe what it boils down to, and this is the truth. By the time Jericho was out of WCW and into the WWF, that's when the height of like Sting's popularity was peaking. Okay. They have not been in the same company with each other long enough at the statures that each person is at to warrant them wrestling each other. Gotcha. That is literally all it boiled down to. The two years that Sting was in the WWE, Jericho, I don't believe he was. Yeah, he was doing like touring and shit. Touring and probably dancing with the stars, but you could fact check me on that one. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I heard that factoid and I was like, the fuck? Yeah. Okay. So we wound up getting Sting, Darby, and uh, Tetsuya going over. It's a short match, like 15 minutes long. But the other story going into Dynamite is that we wound up getting uh, at the press junket, Jericho calling out Darby and Sting for more, you know, another match. And it wound up being like the Painmaker, Jericho, and Guevara wrestling Sting and Darby Allen. Um, Sting <laughs> fucking dove off of a goddamn ladder to the outside of the ring onto Guevara through some tables and one table. I know I was getting there. <laughs> he made it through one and the other table uh, took a tooth and busted his lip open. Like sting. My man has like half a tooth missing and is, has got stitch. He needs stitches in his lip from that. He's fucking, fucking lucky. That's all it is. 
He don't give a fuck anymore, though. That man has done said he he he's going out like this is his final run. He's he's trying to make it count. But dude, he scared the fuck out of me because I was like, you saw how far away those tables were. Uh huh. I can't believe he made it. I know when as soon as he landed though, I was like, he hit his head. I can't tell if it's the crown or the mouth or what, but he hit his head. Mm-hmm. And my first thought is, and the camera is off of him. For an extended period of... Okay, Sting is dead. Okay. Okay. And and then they cut back, and that motherfucker's in there finishing the match and winning it, and then giving a goddamn post-show speech to the crowd. He's a fucking animal. Darby is such a bad influence, but this man is a fucking unit. I love it so much, though, because it feels like Darby brought that youthfulness out of him again. Yeah. I just love the idea where Sting was probably like, listen, man, save these big spots for pay-per-views, you know, get the crowd on you at the big events. You know, this is just, this is just TV. And he goes, oh, but it's cool. (laughs) And then Sting is just like, I'm not going to win this. No. I see you right. What do you want to try? He's like, Yeah. Yeah, I'll try it. That's fucking great. Stinks like, yeah, just save it, man. Darby. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool, though. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> <laughs> it scared me to death because, like, I don't know if I ever told you this. Sting is, like, the first wrestling memory that I have. I'll tell you right now, dude. For 62. It's fuck. Sting coming out and just doing all this shit. You know, Sting was always cool. Yeah. Sting hasn't been this cool in 20 years. It's fucking wild. How WWE fucked that up, I don't understand. Who knows? But uh, the story is advancing a little further, and the story here is that Darby is trying to convince Sammy to be better than just being with Jericho, because mm. it's it's kind of like two pillars right there. Just like, dude, <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass if you're on the other side of me, but I, I believe that you're better than this. Mm-hmm. And then Sammy's like very conflicted, so. We'll see where that goes, but getting into the main event, which is Brian Danielson versus Okada in a fucking 27 minute match. Now, I feel like Osprey and Omega should have main evented this show, but I understand now why Danielson and Okada main evented. Tony Khan dropped an abs- I don't even know what the number is, but supposedly it's a very absurd amount on uh, the final countdown by Europe, which <laughs> that was Brian Danielson's Ring of Honor entrance theme for a number of years. Danielson himself said he hadn't listened to the song in about a decade and didn't even know that the song had been purchased and was going to be played for him coming to the ring. That's cool as shit. When I heard the fucking synthesizers kick in, I was like, they fucking didn't. It was a one night thing, but still, it was so fucking worth it. I had wanted Okada to win this initially because I'm like, we need to send a New Japan guy home, like winning to Mm -hmm. close the show. However, that guy was Will Ospreay. Brian Danielson, in the words of Kurt Angle, legitimately got put over in this match with a broken freaking arm. Because he finished the match with an arm that fucked? For 10 minutes, mind you. like He broke his arm with 10 minutes left in their match. Yeah, at that point, it's like, yeah, 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 you you can win this. It's okay. You've earned it. The story coming from this particular win is that he fucking tapped Okada. Okada hasn't been tapped out in fucking years. And it's, I mean, it's been a long fucking time to me was the equivalent of Bret Hart Mm -hmm. submitting because Okada doesn't fucking quit. No. And what's scary is that granted broken arm, but this isn't even the best they could have done. That's what fucking kills me. I, I know and for it was a goddamn still fact. It incredible. Was still, yes. Yes. A one-armed Brian Danielson still put a fucking 4.75 star match on. <laughs> it's fucking insane. That man. Bruh. Mount Rushmore. I'm yeah. telling you, dude. Oh, dude. You notice I didn't argue. I know that. Like... Dare I say Okada is the fourth guy on that fucker? You could absolutely say that. Yeah. I mean, fuck, dude. Now, in the future, I think you can put uh, 
God, I mean, we're going to see, dude. I know. I mean, I already know. I st- I'm still not budging on, on uh, Omega being up there with, no, uh, with no, Osprey no, 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 for no, no, sure, no, 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 like no, no, right no. now of the current shit. The fact that Omega, Osprey, Danielson, and Okada got the longest time. As they should. Their two matches combined were over an hour. And to be quite honest, like this could have been a two match show and I would have been happy. Oh, dude, I would have happily still spent the 50 bucks on this yeah. pay-per-view. My God. It, it's that's how you know you did good. Yeah. And, and I feel like whenever everybody is like raving about match of the night, possibly match of the year being Osprey and Omega. So much of the shine is taken away from Okada and Brian, but that's not to say poo-poo on this match. Like, it was fucking unreal. So good. Uh, It was a technical force. Like, this is like, I I loved it. I will say, though, if I had a nitpick, excluding the broken arm situation, because that's nobody's really at fault there. You. Yeah, you got hurt. Like, I'm not taking points away from what you did or didn't do. I just wasn't crazy about the ending. I felt like it was a very realistic ending. He held him in place for a pretty decent amount of time. Yeah. So it felt real. And I much rather that as opposed to quick, put him in the, you know, like I, mm. I cannot stand immediate tap outs. I think it's fucking stupid hokey and it makes a shit look fake but also at the same point i think they overcooked it a little bit it felt a little like i said earlier anticlimactic it felt a little slow i think and here's my here's my hot take on that one okay this kind of goes back to the conversation i think we had last week about like or it may have been last week or the week before Mm -hmm. about you viewing like the tap out as like a bitch move yeah Here's my retort to that. Okay. So where you see it is like it it cooked a little too long. I was seeing it as like, okay, it was a shocking ending. Yeah. Because typically babyface getting held in a move that long is going to eventually reach the ropes. He's never going to quit. But the fact that he tapped and he hadn't in fucking ages, Mm -hmm. that's the story. That's what's getting right. put over is the fact that okay. of all the people that did it, it's it's fucking Danielson, dude. I think like what would have sold it on me personally a little bit better is if they somehow creatively figure out a way to like roll over and put Brian on his shoulders and then he rolls over again and puts him back in. They do that a couple of times and then finally Okada's like, no matter what I do, I'm fucked. I got a tap. That that's a personal thing. Like I'm not reading anybody else saying that. So it absolutely is just me. I'm just going based off of personal preference here. Right, right. I can see that, but I th- I think the ending that that did happen was booked the way it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was supposed to take us all by surprise. I think it, like. What is considered like uh, maybe it's flat or maybe it's a little lackluster. I I don't think so at all. I think okay. I think I think that was the intention where it's like oh oh fuck, you know because you got to kind of give some matches that possibility of like realistic ending, right? Where it's like you pay for a UFC pay per view or MMA, any t- any kind of like company that does MMA. Most often, any kind of immediate tap isn't like oh it's hokey. It's an immediate tap, even if it was booked in a wrestling match that way defensively speaking, you want to live to fight another day. Yeah, I know. I get where you're coming from. I see you. Yeah, I. it's one of those nitpicks that we all have in wrestling where, you know, some people it's whenever it's a ladder match and they, they still have like five steps oh and they're God. already reaching. reaching. Like some people that irks on their fucking nerves. Mine is the immediate tap. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I get you. This has been the best pay-per-view all year. Oh, yeah. Like this. Like, like legit. Top to bottom. Card-wise, card match quality-wise. Wonderful. Yeah, dude. Fuck. I loved it. Oh, I did, too. And, you know, this, this is why I sit here and I'm like, you know, 50 bucks? Pretty fucking worth it to me, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, in the moment, whenever you're buying it, you're like, oh, God. 
because you're kind of taking a chance when you're buying this yeah, shit, dude. I know. I know. What if some poor son of a bitch drove all the way to an airport across the country, <laughs> flew to this arena, spent all this money, hotel, a few nights. He bought tickets to Dynamite 2. Man, I paid all this money to see Adam Cole, baby, wrestle, and he fucking <laughs> didn't. Like, bruh. Imagine being like, that guy. That's why I'm like, eh, 50 bucks ain't too bad. No, <laughs> you know what I'm all. saying, dude? <laughs> Imagine being that fucking guy. Cannot wait to see what Forbidden Door 2024 looks like. I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to be on next year's card. Absolutely. Who's not going to be on next year's card? Adam Cole. He's poor, cursed on this show. He really is cursed. It really is a forbidden door to him. He can't go through it. <laughs> poor fucking guy, I swear. If, if he does show up, he's going to get hurt. Like, And I love Adam Cole. It's just like, God damn, my boy. So come back next week. We're going to talk about AEW Fight Forever, God damn it. Uh, it. It just came out. We have had our casual and hardcore gaming selves like reinvigorated. Can't wait to talk about this shit. There's a load of nostalgia for me and a load of new shit for this guy over here. And I, I am fucking just salivating at wanting to just get into this because I know if we did it now, we'd be here another fucking two hours. I know. So come hang out with us for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's been a while since we've had like a gaming heavy episode. Yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be a fucking blast and a half like complete. Like we, we always go off the cuff on here, but goddamn, this is even more so off the cuff. It's just us BSing. Yeah, dude. Visit SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com for past, present, and future episodes. Check out all the other shows on the OddPods Media Network by visiting OddPodsMedia.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on social media. Buy a motherfucking t-shirt at our merchandise store. It is the last opportunity to get the Super Media Bros Brother Mania t-shirt inspired by Hulkamania. At the end of August, it's gone, baby. So get that shit while it lasts. Yeah. Talk to him, Devin. Yeah. Do you know where you can get that t-shirt? Yeah. It's in the link below. Go scroll up to the show notes and click Super Media Bros merch store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we may or may not talk about Money in the Bank just a, a smidgen next week just because I know that shit's happening and I know we're going to be like, hey, so did you see the fucking... Did you, did you see this happen? I know, yeah. I know it's going to creep its way into conversation. Yeah, it, it'll be probably not going to do a whole episode. No, fuck it, no. Like, oh, we'll casually bring it up. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this week. This has been AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door 2023. Until next time, I'm Richie. I'm Devin. Shades on. We're off.